Good afternoon, Demadio Sports Show listeners, and welcome back to the Jack Demadio Sports Show here on Thursday. Um, real quick, we're going to do a uh, special episode here. Um, it will be uploaded on Spotify, uh, so that's what you'll be hearing this episode. But uh, yeah, NFL breakdown for um, before Thursday Night Football. We'll recap, or we'll go into um, and preview every game um, for this Sunday. Um, no college football, as the season is now over, we will be waiting um, there'll be some bowl games as well. Um, we will not have the college football championships until uh, January 1st. So um, there'll be some time off in terms of college football. But um, yeah, um, MLB free agency has been in full swing. Uh, so we're going to jump into that right now. Um, start the show off with some MLB free agency. So um, as of the time of recording right now, 116 um, on December 8th um, here. So um as of right now, the five really big contracts that just happened um, are Aaron Judge. So he went back to the Giants. Um, it was reported by John Heyman yesterday, um, earlier in that day, that um, Aaron Judge did sign with the Giants. That um, ended up being wrong. He said that he jumped the gun on that. So um, really stinks for Giants fans to hear that news um, and then have to learn about the fact that Aaron Judge is actually going back to the Yankees. So. Um, made a mistake there. Um, Aaron Judge also was apparently in negotiations or in talks um, with the Padres, so uh, that didn't end um, in any success for the Padres as he's going back to the Yankees um, on a nine-year, $360 million contract. Um, Aaron Judge is 30, 31 years old. He signed a nine-year deal, so he'll be 40 by the time his contract's up. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was interesting how um, Aaron Judge... So that extension they offered him in the beginning of the season uh, was eight years, two thirty. Um, he rose that by one hundred thirty million, got up to nine years, three hundred sixty million dollars. So um, he batted himself, and he hit. Um, obviously, he had a great season in terms of hitting home runs. Um, I believe, yeah, he got up to sixty three by the end of that season. So um, just a, a great job by Aaron Judge last off season to bet on himself. Um, I'm sorry, last season, by not taking that extension. Um, did a great job of betting on himself, um, and that ended up being a success for him um, as now he's back on the Yankees for $360 million. It's going to be tough for the Yankees now. Uh, I know we'll see what they do in terms of spending for the rest of this offseason, but 360 is a lot of money, um, and it's $40 million a year. So we'll see um, if they're able to kind of rebuild um, that pitching staff. I know they have Garrett Cole, so that'll be hard as well, considering he takes up so much salary. So we'll see what happens with Aaron Judge. Yeah, so with Aaron Judge um, returning, um, we'll see if they're able to make any other impact and try to get a World Series now um, with with, um, that is Aaron Judge back. Um, after hitting 63 home runs last season. So uh, I, I would assume the Yankees are going to be pretty solid again. They haven't really lost much in free agency, but um, I'm sorry, in the offseason so far. Um, most of their players are still under contract. Uh, so we'll see um, if anything happens differently with the Yankees. Um, most likely, I feel like um, we won't have that much of a change, but um, we'll see. So um, the next one is kind of a shocker. So Justin Verlander decided to go to the Mets. It's, it's kind of shocking because... They basically replaced um, Jacob DeGrom with Justin Verlander. They replaced Justin Verlander with Jacob DeGrom. Uh, so DeGrom went to um, the Rangers on a nine-year deal, um, upwards of, I think it was 250, 
220, something like that. Um, but it's upwards of $200 million um, for DeGrom to go to the Rangers. The Rangers finally get that number one they've been looking for. They still got a lot of work to do. Um, but Seager was good last year, and Simeon, um, Marcus Simeon wasn't great last season. But, yeah, he's been pretty productive the last couple seasons, last four or five seasons. But, yeah, um, the Mets go after Verlander on two years, $86 million. Uh, so, I mean, it's just a huge contract for Verlander, over $40 million a year um, for those two seasons. And it, it, it's kind of weird to think about. They also got uh, Quintana, so they got pretty good. I, they got a pretty good three now. I mean, I know Quintana's maybe not a three at this point, but uh, regardless, they have Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer, and Jose Quintana as their one, two, three. Um, obviously, Quintana's going to give you a lot of innings. We'll see how... Um, if he continues to do um, as what he's been doing recently, um, just getting good innings as a four or five starter type guy, getting five or six innings, uh, not too many strikeouts, but he'll get outs, and he, he's a, he's a big time pitcher. He knows uh, he's been on good teams. He's been on the White Sox. He was with the White Sox early in his career. Um, playoff runs with the Chicago Cubs. So um, yeah, Quintana knows how to pitch in big games. So we'll see um, how he fits in there. But he was on two years, twenty six million. Um, so, okay contract for him, but uh, yeah, Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer, both guys that are up there in age, we'll see if that has any impact on what happens um, for them this season, but uh, most likely, I, I don't really think there'll be that much um, of a drastic change switching out Verlander for uh, DeGrom. I know DeGrom is an injury-prone guy, so um, that, that, you could see that as a slight improvement for the Mets, uh, considering they can now slide Verlander in there. Um, Verlander has not had injury issues since that Tommy John surgery that he got. But, yeah, he, he was basically played most of the season last year. Um, he won the Cy Young with a sub-2 ERA, uh, led the league in strikeouts. So um, I think that's probably a good substitution if you're, Verland- if you're Verlander and the Mets. Um, we'll see how this has an impact on Houston. Um, I know they're probably going to try to go out and get at least somebody to not replace Verlander because it's obviously not going to happen. Um, but get somebody to kind of eat some of those innings, maybe get two guys to replace him uh, and see how um, you could play out with that. Um, but, yeah, I think the Mets got better, and I think, uh, once again, the Mets should be the favorite. I know they'll be up there with Atlanta, but with Dansby Swanson um, being shopped around, I just don't know if um, Atlanta is going to be that team um, to be the favorite um, for that division. Uh, then, yeah, then you go to the Phillies, who I know they won the World Series. I know they have... A great team coming back, but they'll also, they'll actually be right up there with the Mets as well as uh, the Braves, as I, as I just talked about. But I, I actually, I think you had to put Phillies second behind the Mets in order to come out of there and win um, that division because they got Trey Turner on a 10-year, $300 million deal um, to play in Philly. So I think that was a great contract by them, a team that already made it to the World Series last year, ended up losing in six. Um, but regardless, I mean, when you have... Um, that happening when you have Trey Turner um, to come onto that team and really step into a position of need. I mean, they had a younger guy there, um, didn't really do much. I mean, he was okay in the eight or nine spot, but now you got a leadoff hitter who's going to come in, hit for average. Actually, he's got power, um, one of the best defensive shortstops as well as one of the fastest players in the league. He'll steal a lot of bases for you. Uh, He won't make errors, and I mean, it's a guy who's going to get on it, maybe a plus over 300 clip at points of his career. Um, we'll see what role they use him in. Is either 
Are they going to use him in like a defensive role more or um, a, a leadoff guy at the top of that lineup? Or are they going to use him for uh, middle of that lineup? Uh, I would assume that he'll be in the leadoff spot. Um, it's still looking good with him and Harper at the top of that um, with Schwarber and Cassiano. So that's a pretty good top four, um, if I don't say so myself. So that's a pretty good lineup um, for sure. And yeah, Trey Turner is going to help them a lot. Uh, they might lose Gene Segura, but you're replacing with Trey Turner. And I mean, their pitching staff was okay. Um, their pitching was decent, I would say. So there's still time for agency to get some more guys. Um, but yeah, Trey Turner is a huge signing for them. And we'll see if they can get some starting pitching as well. Because uh, I, I don't know if Trey Turner by himself is enough. Uh, I know they've made some smaller signings. Um, but but still, I, mean, I think that it's been a pretty good offseason so far. Um, for the Phillies, just by getting um, a guy like um, just by getting a guy like Trey Turner that they got, um, their offseason hasn't been great. I mean, the early they signed uh, some of those early guys. Uh, they got Kyle Gibson as a starting pitcher. Um, they also got um, yeah. There's some names out there, not not big names, but they, they did really fill in uh, some spots. And then Zach Elfin, another guy they got. Um, from Tampa, so I mean, he they got a lot of good players, and uh, it's going to be pretty interesting to see um, what they could do um, with these guys. And uh, yeah, I think they, they have a chance to run it back. So um, we'll see what happens. Um, it's just a really tough division to win in. Um, so try not to get your hope um, right now, considering that um, they are in such a tough division as I mentioned. So uh, moving on from that, uh, Xander Bogarts today. Um, has just signed recently with the Padres, 11 years, 280. I think that is kind of a stretch. Um, he's already 30 years old. He'll be 41 by the time that contract expires. No trade clause um, and $280 million is a lot of money. Um, it's right there, just $20 million below Turner. I think that's accurate. Uh, I, just, I don't think Bogarts is um, as good as Turner, just the lack of speed as well as um, defensive ability. I know Bogarts is average speed, average defense, but uh, Trey Turner's a, a way above average in that. He's um, one of the best in the league in terms of fielding as well as speed. So, um, But still, Bogarts is a top five shortstop in the league in San Diego now. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see what they do with Tatis. Um, but now they have Machado, Fernando Tatis, Xander Bogarts, and Juan Soto. I mean, that's four top 15 players in baseball. And you could argue that that's three top 10 players in baseball. Um, it's it's just really interesting to see. And I think we'll see what they do with um, Tatis. I would assume they'd move him to second or center considering he's just been a horrendous fielder so far in his career. Um, just makes a ton of errors. So he's always up there in terms of errors for tops in the league. So... Um, they're going to have a big question mark to ask themselves. I think you put Bogarts um, at shortstop, obviously, because he said he didn't want to change positions. I would assume it, that contract kind of hinged on him not wanting to change positions. But just that amount of money is just absurd. When they realized they missed out on Judge, I feel like um, maybe they uh, kind of went out of their way um, to definitely spend more on Xander um, and get him um, to San Diego. So I think they're going to... It's going to be pretty interesting to see. I mean, they replaced, they added one of the best shortstops in the league while um, the Dodgers got rid of one of the best shortstops in the league in Trey Turner. So 
Um, we'll see if that has an impact on the West and how West that is. Um, I, I would assume this gives the Padres a little bit of an advantage um, in that division. So I, I would, I would right now say the uh, Padres right now have a better chance of winning that division than the Dodgers just because of their age as well as um, just the replacement of the shortstops. So um, those four really the big major ones. Um, you do have Wilson Contreras who goes to the Cardinals. Uh, so very unfortunate for Cubs fans. Um, a Contre- Contreras was the second to last guy um, from that 2016 roster still on the team. Um, they still have Kyle Hendricks. I'm not sure for how long they'll have him. Um, but yeah, he's the only one left. So um, Wilson Contreras is gone. He goes to the division rival St. Louis on a pretty cheap contract. Five years, 87. I would have expected more. I would I put Contreras up there as a top three um, catcher in the league. I don't think that's much of a question by many people. I think um, just his he's just been so good. Um, he's right up there with Perez um, as um, maybe the number one, two type guy. Uh, you can then got Real Muto up there. I think those three are probably um, the two top three shortstops in the league, or I'm sorry, top three catchers in the league. Uh, so Contreras kind of, um, I thought he would get more, but yeah, $87 million now that Cardinals team is stacked. Paul Goldschmidt. Um, with Contreras, there's talks that they might get Dansby Swanson in a trade. Um, so, uh, well, it's interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see how that pans out. Um, but yeah, I mean, Wilson Contreras. I I just think this um, the Cardinals got a pretty good deal on that. Um, so we'll see um, if they're able to do anything with that, um, and if they're able to make it out of the NL this season. The NL is going to be really competitive. Um, Four out of the five signings I just talked about are all NL signings. Um, so all pretty big market, San Diego, um, Philadelphia, New York, and St. Louis. Um, above mid-market, I, I wouldn't say they're – obviously the New York teams in Philly are top markets, but San Diego and St. Louis are – I mean, that could be a reason why they brought guys in for a little less. I know San Diego has um, – I mean, they're a pretty big city in California, but St. Louis – they did a good job of um, not overspending in Contreras, and I think um, they kind of got a good deal on that. Uh, so, yeah, that's um, everything in terms of um, the MLB. The White Sox, once again, um, don't make – they haven't made any moves yet. Uh, I know it's only been a couple days, um, but uh, I'm just not 100% sure if they're going to make any moves. Uh, I really hope they do, obviously. Um, but, yeah, it's not, it's not a guarantee at all. Um, and – yeah, I'm just I'm just starting to get a little worried um, that the White Sox are gonna um, come out here and not really spend any money on anybody, um, which isn't something that we should be surprised about. Um, the Cubs have spent on Tayon, um, Jameson Tyone, as well as um, Cody Bellinger, so um, they're kind of going out there and getting some guys um, who could really help their team. I think the Cubs are closer than people think. Um, and I just think if the White Sox aren't careful, um, they might have to, I mean, look at being a seller. I know it's horrible to say right now considering just that small window we have. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm really hoping that they're able to figure this out. But it, it's just something that I'm not positive to be able to figure out. So um, we'll see. But um, for me, I... It's just, I really don't know. I mean, and we'll see what happens. Um, 
But um, for me, I think uh, this could be a big issue. So um, we are going to take a quick break and then be back um, with some NFL talk. So um, make sure you stick around and, um, uh, yeah, we'll break down everything that's going to happen on Sunday um, in the NFL. So we'll be right back. for that NFL breakdown, as I promised. So, um, big week, week 15, week 14 in the NFL. Um, some, some pretty good matchups coming up. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's crazy that there's only five games left um, in the NFL season. Kind of depressing. Uh, so, um, five games until the playoffs. The college football's done. But, and, yeah, it's, it's really getting to winter right now. December 8th, so we're getting there. Um, but yeah, football is um, kind of nearly over. So um, with baseball free agency picking up, that's usually when you notice um, and realize that the end of football season is approaching. Um, but um, looking at the NFL, um, we'll start off with Thursday Night Football tonight. Um, the 5-7 and seven Raiders taking on the 3-9 and nine Rams. Uh, so Matt Stafford is probably shut down for the rest of the season. Um, the Rams picked up Baker Mayfield, who was kind of surprisingly... Uh, cut um, by the Panthers. I didn't really see that coming, but he's just been so bad this year. Uh, he got benched um, to Sam Darnold now. Um, he did have P.J. Walker in over him, an XFL player um, starting over him. So, I mean, his second chance in um, Carolina didn't really work out. Um, they thought maybe after Cleveland this was going to be his um, kind of reawakening. He got out of there on pretty bad terms. Um, but, but things really... I didn't really blame him for everything that was going on uh, in Cleveland, just the Odell Beckham situation with his dad um, saying that he wasn't throwing it to him enough and all this crazy stuff um, of people just ripping on Baker. Um, But, yeah, he's going to get a chance to play for the Rams. Uh, Tonight he's not. Um, John Walford will be starting. Um, He had an awful start um, last week. So um, they almost beat the Seahawks, but he did throw a brutal interception. Um, So – for the Rams, really, the season's over. They don't have their own pick. So there's really – they're not going to try to tank. I mean, there's no point considering all they have is – they don't they don't have, like, any picks. They traded them all for Matt Stafford, who's out for the year. Um, and his career may even be in question. So it's a spinal cord injury. So those are always very scary, especially at this point of his career. I don't know if it's worth it. Um, but then you look at the Raiders. The Raiders were, I want to say, 2-6. and six. Um, now they are five and seven, so they won three out of four. 
Um, and they sit here right now with a chance. Like, they're not eliminated yet. If they win out, go 10-7, and seven, they'll probably make the playoffs. Um, five in a row is going to be very difficult to do. Um, but, I mean, just the way the Raiders have played now more towards the second half of the season, um, Adams has been much better. Darren Waller hasn't been great. He's been out. Um, he's been on IR, but they're still um, playing without him. But the defense is playing really well. Um, Max Crosby had a great game, and um, you hope Chandler Jones is able to uh, kind of wake up. His sack numbers have been really down. Um, but, yeah, I think you got to hope that this defense continues to step up. Um, and just Josh Jacobs has been great. Derek Carr has been much better. I mean, he's really the heart and soul of this team. And um, a couple weeks ago, when you see him and the emotion he has in those press conferences, it's kind of hard not to get behind him. He's a huge Raider. Uh, he's a Raider for life. And, I, I mean, I really think that the city should be 100% behind him in uh, Las Vegas. He, he's just been he's been around for 10 years. This is his 10th season. Got drafted in 2012-2013 season. So, He's really the heart and soul of this Raiders team. And him and Josh Jacobs with Devontae Adams, I think they have a chance to make the playoffs. But I don't think anything, I don't even think 9-8 and eight will get you in. I think you've got to get to 10-7. and Going to be very difficult, but uh, they control their own destiny, I would say. And 10-7, and seven, you're probably going to get in. Because you're contending there at the Chargers, who are 6-6 six and six now. There's a lot of teams that are like knocking on the door that I don't think are good enough to get in um, in that AFC. So... We'll see what happens with the Raiders. But, uh, yeah, I think they're going to beat the Rams pretty easily. John Walford is the starter, so I just don't think the Rams can really do anything. Cooper Cup, his, um, if he's going to play or not, it's still up in the air, so we'll see what happens with him. But, yeah, I think the Raiders are going to knock off the Rams. So next we have Bills Jets. So division AFC, uh, big AFC playoff picture uh, for the Jets at least. But, yeah, I think in that um, AFC East, you got to say the Bills are favored, but this could be a big one. If the Jets win this one, they're within one game um, of being tied for uh, the division lead. It could be a three-way tie, honestly, with the Dolphins, considering they're playing so well, so it might come down to tiebreakers. So this is just a huge game. And I think Mike White hasn't been named the starter yet, but I would assume that he will be. Uh, He played okay last week. It came down to one final drive and a brutal drop. But I just think this is a big one for the Jets for sure. And I think the Bills can kind of put all these question marks away. Can they keep winning games against teams that are over 500? We saw them struggle with the Lions. We saw them lose um, a week ago um, and just barely squeak by with the win this week. So 9-3, and three, I know it looks like a good record, but they have had a lot of question marks. And it's just going to be a big question to see if this team is able to step up. And with Von Miller out for the year, the defense has a lot of questions as well. You should be able to stop the Jets. I, I know that the running back situation has been kind of um, difficult with Brees Hall out, um, but Carter's been very solid, and it's just going to be how you play against Garrett Wilson. I know he's only a rookie, so you're going to have to throw everything you got at him. I know you got Jordan Porter as safety, but uh, the corners, they're okay um, on the Bills, but I just think... It's going to be a big question mark mostly for Josh Allen. So they already lost to the Jets once this year. Is it going to happen again is the big question. We know that Josh Allen was kind of banged up in that first matchup. But if the Jets could win this one, they get to 8-5. and five. The Bills are still going to have to play the Dolphins again. They already are done with the Patriots, I believe. So this could be huge. I mean, if you they lose one to the Dolphins and the Jets continue to 
just maintain pace with the Bills, it's all going to depend. I know the Dolphins beat the beat the Jets, so it's all going to depend on those tiebreakers. I feel like I feel like we could fi- find out at the end of the season. I feel like both all these teams will be eleven and six, twelve and five around there. I mean, I don't think the Jets going to be twelve and five, but if you get down to maybe eleven and six for the Bills and they finish there, and you got the Dolphins finishing there as well, it, it could get really interesting to see who will come away with um, the AFC East title. So. It's going to be pretty interesting to see. I still think the Bills have it. I just don't think Mike White is good enough to lead this Jets team. I also don't think Zach Wilson is. So I do think the Bills are going to win this one. So I think it'll probably be a close game, maybe one possession game. I think it's going to be – I think the Jets are going to have to really live and die by their defense. Um, Sauce Gardner has been good all year. They've had a solid pass rush. The D-line has been good. C.J. Mosley, though, isn't really a great cover corner. So we'll see if maybe – um, we'll see how Zach will or how how um, Josh Allen really plays against this defense. Uh, they're gonna have to throw the ball a lot. I just don't think the run game is gonna be there. I don't think Devin Singletary is great. So I just think you're gonna have to try to get this Jets team in play action, uh, kind of some throws in the middle of the field um, past this linebacker. I'd say the linebackers are kind of their weakest spot um, on defense. So you're gonna want to try to look for those slants in the middle of the field. Uh, don't really want to run it to the outside, so um, we'll see. If you could just run it up the middle, try to um, force these linebackers um, to make plays, I think that's what you're going to have to do. Just the secondary and the ends have been so good, so you're going to have to avoid those outside runs. I feel like that won't really be there. And uh, Yeah, the Jets are going to have to open things up um, up the middle and really um, just focus on that middle of the field, in my opinion. Um, and I think Mike White is good at those. He's good at those short little 10-yard passes. And when the ball's in front, when the play's in front of him, he's good at seeing uh, a lot of these receivers. He's um, a good, better decision maker than Zach Wilson, uh, so I think that could be a benefit for them. Uh, moving down the list, though, then you have Bengals Browns, and this is a weird one. The Bengals look like I mean they beat the Chiefs last week in a one possession game, and they look kind of like they're the Bengals of old. Uh, they're kind of turning it on now. Um, they're right there. They are tied with Baltimore right now. Um, for the division, Baltimore beat them earlier in the year, so um, Baltimore's ahead of them in the standings, but they have the same record, and this is where it gets interesting. The, the Browns are 5-7. and seven. Uh, They won with Deshaun Watson's debut. He didn't look good. Uh, he threw a pick, no touchdowns, but that's what you would expect after missing two straight seasons. Uh, so it's kind of an interesting situation for the Browns. Uh, they kind of find themselves in a very very similar situation as the Raiders, who we just talked about, 5-7, and seven, kind of control your own destiny. And I think the Browns have a better chance of winning out than the Raiders. I just think they're more talented. I think you got Cooper better. Not He's not better than Adams, obviously, but you got him um, in that receiving core you could rely on. And then you got um, Nick Chubb, who I think makes them probably one of the better rushing teams in the league. I think Nick Chubb's a top three running back, in my opinion. You could... Um, there's a few guys that you can measure it out as, but I definitely think he um, has to be up there. Um, in terms of top three, I would say it's Derrick Henry, Saquon. Uh, those three are kind of interchangeable um, for sure. I would say, in my opinion, is top three. Maybe you could add Kamara to that list. Uh, but yeah, those really, those three or four guys, I think, are definitely um, up there in terms of the top four. So you're just going to have to get Watson back um Used to this offense, he's only practiced for a couple weeks. Um, that was his first look of ac- NFL action in 
over two years. So I think it, it it's going to be kind of hard to do it on the fly um, for Deshaun Watson and the Browns being five and seven. It would have been a little bit easier if they could just hover around closer to five hundred, that over five hundred mark. If they could have got to seven and five, six and six, I feel think they would have had a better chance. But uh, they still control their own destiny, and if you can continue to win games, I think it should be fine. I think if if you get to ten wins, you're in. I know all these teams can get to ten to get in, but I think they have a better chance of the than the Raiders to get uh, to ten and seven. So in that one, I gotta go with the Bengals. I think they're clicking. I think they, I think they're finally understood. How, finally got this offense back, and uh, Jamar Chase is only gonna get healthier as time goes on. Uh, T Higgins has been a great number one. Uh, he's just continuing to carry that load for Jamar Chase, and I think it's gonna be just enough to get over the Browns. I think. It's going to be weird to see how Deshaun Watson responds. Um, it's going to be pretty interesting to see if he's able to um, kind of put the rest of this season behind him and uh, just move forward and try to um, become a better quarterback for the Cleveland Browns, help them a little bit more uh, than Brissett was able to. Uh, then stay, now going into the NFC, um, Cowboys versus Texans. So the Cowboys are 9-3. and three. They're still right there. I think the, I, for, for me, the Cowboys are my pick. Uh, to win the NFC. I think the Cowboys definitely have the most talent in the NFC. I don't think it's um, relatively close. The Eagles, you could say, have better wide receiver. They have better offensive talent um, overall, but I just think that that matchup is too close, and I think uh, the Cowboys' defense is substantially better than the Eagles. So, yeah, I think um, just with Mika Parsons and Marcus Lawrence, um, just guys have been dominating the outside all season, whether it be going back into coverage if you're Mika or getting to the quarterback if you're both of them. And I think um, Lawrence is better on the run, but um, Mika, I mean, once he's blitzing those quarterbacks, he looks just unstoppable at times. So um, that'll be pretty interesting to see how Mika handles um, the Texans. I think this could be a really bad, could be a really big blowout. And I think this is an easy blowout. Sorry for those technical difficulties there. Um, I'm recording um, this episode at home, so um, sorry about that. But, uh, yeah, moving on from that, um, I just think the Texans are obviously in that um, race um, to get the number one pick. Um, and I think that that's most likely going to happen uh, for them, just able to get that number one pick um, and take a quarterback, Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. Really no reason to talk about the Texans anymore. It's been the same story throughout the season. But, yeah, I think the Cowboys are going to dominate. Um, and I think that's another favorite that's going to win. Um, so I continue to move on. Um, now going into the NFC North, we have the Vikings versus the Lions. So the Bears are on a bye, so they're off. Packers also on a bye. So when you look at that one, yeah, so for me, as crazy as it sounds, I think uh, that the Vikings are going to lose to the Lions. I think the Lions... They were right there against the Bills, and I think now uh, they're just going to be able to turn that corner, knock off um, the Vikings, who I think they're not frauds anymore. It's impossible to say they're frauds, uh, just considering how good they've been playing recently. But yeah, I think the Lions are right there. They've been right there against some really good teams. Uh, They were right there against the Seahawks earlier in the year. They've been right there with multiple, multiple teams. Um, And just when you think about the Thanksgiving Day game, I mean, 
they should have won that game. If it wasn't for Josh Allen, um, just leading that miracle drive down the field, I think um, the Lions would have won that game. So, I know the Vikings here are here at ten and two. I don't know if the Lions will win for sure, but they'll at least cover. And I really expect the Lions to kind of put on a good show. Um, and I just think the Lions are going to continue to hang in there. And once again, I talked about those three other teams. Um, they're on the road to get to 10 wins. Nine wins even, maybe, um, if the NFC East is kind of able to knock themselves out of it. Uh, so the Lions have to win. This is almost a must-win game for them. Um, and it's going to be probably their toughest game for the rest of the year. They have the Bears and Packers left, both teams that are under five hundred. Um, and I'm not exactly sure the rest of their schedule. But, um, yeah, the Lions have those two teams. So if they can get past the Vikings... Facing the Packers and Bears is not too big of an issue. Um, so I think it's going to be close. I just think the running game, the, Lion, the Lions, is going to be too much. Uh, I just think Jamal Williams, um, who's up there in terms of league leaders and touchdowns, and then um, DeAndre Swift, who's also up there early, uh, still recovering from an injury. So we'll see um, if he plays. I think he's taken off IR, so uh, that'll be pretty interesting. Uh, but, yeah, I think the Lions, that's really going to be the first upset. Um, and yeah, I just think that's just going to be the story for that. And I think the Lions are going to continue uh, to keep their season alive. Uh, then we go to the Titans versus Jaguars. Um, the Titans always struggle with the Jaguars. Uh, last season, the Jags had all their guys out. Um, and they kind of came out of nowhere to beat, um, to beat the Titans. So uh, just that's been an issue for them. And I just don't think that'll be an issue this week. I think they fired their GM. Uh, it was just because of A.J. Brown. I, I really think so. A.J. Brown cooked them, and he was the reason that they got blown out by the Eagles. I mean, that game was never close. It was a three-possession game, um, and yeah, A.J. Brown was really the main reason for that. Um, so, yeah, the Eagles, I'm sorry, the Titans, I think, uh, are going to kind of be able to turn that around um, after an injured um, Trevor Lawrence. I think he's going to play, but he has a bad foot injury. Um, he's still questionable, so we'll see if he plays um, but regardless of if he plays or not, um, I think this is a game the Titans win. It's a game the Jaguars want to win. I know they're, they're tired of being a lottery team. Not a lottery team, but like a top five team, I guess. Um, but yeah, they're, they're really sick of being a top five draft pick team. And I think they're kind of sick of building for the draft. I know as crazy as it sounds, but they just, they've been there so often since that run uh, with Blake Bortles in 2015. So uh, I guess we'll see what they do. Um, there, but I just think the Jaguars, they're not great. They got Christian Kirk, as we talked about, um, was their biggest free agent signing. They got Travis Etienne now um, after getting rid of uh, James, um, whatever his name is, James White, um, after they got rid of him. So I just think that um, th- that's going to be pretty important, James Robinson, that is. Um, but yeah, I just think that they're going to try to keep building with these younger guys um, and Hopefully Trevor Lawrence plays because he look he's been looking a lot better as of late. Um, but either way, I think the Titans are going to knock them off. Uh, going to try to get back on track. I know. I feel like even if they lost the rest of the games this season, um, they would probably still win that division. Um, I just think that's how weak the rest of that division is. Um, and the Titans at seven and five will get to eight and five. Uh, Eagles Giants. I think the Giants once again are going to have to rely heavily on Saquon Barkley. Um, Barkley really. Kept, was the only reason they were in that game against the Commanders. Um, had a very successful day on the ground. Um, got in the end zone twice. So I think that's going to be pretty important for the Giants 
um, moving forward. It's just continuing uh, to keep Saquon healthy, and I think this is a must-win um, for the Giants. I think if you don't win this game, uh, your chances of making the playoffs drop drastically, um, and it will. The, the Commanders are off, so um, that'll be a pretty important situation to make the best out of. The Commanders are seven and five, seven five and one. That is, um, since they tied, and I, believe, I can't remember who won earlier in the season, but it'll all depend on that tiebreaker. So the Giants really need to win this, or they will follow the same record as Washington, and just their playoff potential completely falls out the window. Also, another very important game for the Eagles. Um, the Cowboys, as I talked about, nine and three, facing the worst team in the league, and the Texans. The Eagles currently sit eleven and one. Uh, so they're two games up right now, but if they fall, um, they're going to have to play the Cowboys again this season. And if they fall to the Giants, as crazy as it sounds, the Giants are 8-4, Eagles get to 11-2 and two with another game they had to play against the Cowboys. If they lose one more of those, maybe two, they could get all the way to five losses. And if you're at five losses and the Giants uh, go on a little bit of a winning streak, not even that big a one, um, they could if they're eleven and six. I know I, I don't think that the um, I don't think the Eagles are going to go eleven and six. There's not honestly there's not even enough time for them to go eleven and six, um, considering there's five games left. They would have to lose every other game, um, in the next five to get to that record. So I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but you do got to be careful if you're the Eagles. You want to beat the Giants here and not really give the Cowboys a chance to get back in there. Um, and clinch home field advantage in the playoffs. You want to put this division away, and I, I really think the Eagles with a win this week are going to be able, be able to do it. Um, it's going to be kind of a toss-up. I know both of these teams are kind of fighting um, for playoff positioning. Um, the Giants are fighting to make the playoffs, so I think they're going to be fighting a little hard, but, but regardless, I just don't think that they're enough. I don't think they have enough to beat the Eagles, and I think the Eagles are just that good. Um, but this would be a game where I would not be shocked if the Giants were able to upset them. I'm still going to go with the Eagles. I think it's going to be close. Uh, and I really think if you're the Giants, you've got to really control that run game. Uh, Ravens-Steelers. Lamar Jackson is doubtful um, for this week's game. Um, so against the Steelers, I think the Steelers have been on a little bit of a hot streak. Um, coming off two consecutive wins, they beat the Colts. And then last week, um, they were also able to knock off a sub-500 team. Uh, so I, I just think the Steelers, if they win the games they're supposed to win, um, that'll be very important for them. And just they're in that group that I just talked about. Um, the group that I would say teams that are probably going to be out, but um, they're not mathematically eliminated. Um, that is uh, the Raiders, the Browns, the Lions, and the Steelers as well as um, the Chargers um, and Seahawks that we're looking at here so um, I think that it's going to be a pretty big game another one of those games for both teams if the Ravens lose this one they're going to drop down to second place um, in the north and I just don't think that um, is going to be enough I think if they I don't think that that the Bengals are going to give that lead back if the Ravens go down uh, two game below so I think this is a huge one for the Ravens to try to stay on top um, of the North, and I think it's another big one for the Steelers, um, who, since they've gotten T.J. Watt back, they've looked a lot better. Um, they're 3-4 and four since they got Watt back. Kenny Pickett's looked a lot better. Um, Pickens has been pretty up and down, I would say. He's been like a big, deep throw threat. He's going to make those crazy 
um, ridiculous catches through contact and all that. But besides that, I mean, he's got some hands issues on simple catches. He's got a huge throw um, radius, but um, yeah, he's been great on highlight plays. But when you, he's not a great route runner. But once you get him downfield, he just uses that size uh, to make plays. So that's been pretty good. But yeah, they traded Claypool. Najee Harris has looked a lot better. So since DJ Watt has came back and they got rid of Claypool, I feel like things have kind of flipped the switch for them. So I think this is going to be a win for the Steelers. And I think even if Lamar plays, he's not going to be running up, running around like he usually does. He hurt his knee. Um, he got a knee injury. So it's going to be pretty interesting to see how the Ravens, if they go with Lamar, since he is doubtful, or if they go with the backup. I just don't think you want to go with the backup. You don't want to have a repeat of last season when Lamar missed a lot of time. Um, and just a backup quarterback was all right for them last year. Um, but, uh, no, I just don't think that they're going to be able to recover if they lose this one. 